0: Hello, and welcome back to the Cyberary Podcast. I'm your host, Senior Director of Content, Will Carlson. Again, reporting live, as it were, from Black Hat USA 2022. I have the distinct privilege of being joined today by Lance James. I'll let Lance give himself a little bit of an introduction, but a really close compatriot, as it were, of our very own Dave Maynard from the CTIG team, yep. who unfortunately can't join us today. So Lance has been relegated to being stuck with me, but I'm sure we'll soldier through and have a great conversation. Lance. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about what it is you do and uh, you know, kind of why you're here and what you're hoping to get out of the show.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm the CEO of a company called Unit Two Two One b It's pretty much a conglomerate of the most amazing people I've run across in the last uh, 25 years working with and stuff. And they all have very specialties. I mean, our lawyer wrote the CFAA, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Um, we have like our chief research officer who solved a Twitter case, every breach that comes around, she knows who did it within 25 seconds usually. <laughs> um, and so she kept, you know, tracks and disrupts bad guys and, and, and stuff. And then uh, we also have like an offensive engineering team and we do also cool research like we're working on a ransomware vaccine and I mean like not like a vendor, just like how do we actually solve these problems. So we try to put together like just really on edge hackers and then we're like 36 people now, we're organic, we're growing. And it's also a great kind of like community. We actually do something different where we actually embrace mental health and we talk about it and things like that as well. uh, So that people don't have to feel like, you know, if we're doing a stand up, they're like, oh, I'm off today, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's part of like just, you know, inclusive and it's okay, you know. So, so yeah, that's uh, basically what we've been doing. And it's been pretty much just having an adventure going along the way. So, yeah, Yeah, I know as we
0: were talking here briefly, you mentioned that part of what uh, 221B does is to kind of assess the assessor, as it were, because, you know, everybody's always honest in marketing, right?
1: yeah so actually we we are like people were um how I would say it, so we had a like I was actually here speaking just earlier uh with another company, uh Deep Instinct, where they hired us. Um, to come in and like you know they have a edr ish type of app, endpoint application it's gardeners got me confused but you know you know <laughs> we're hackers we don't you know like you said marketing right there's a buzzword there's a cool uh, buzzword uh, right so to me it's still antivirus right yeah. so you know but like they use deep d- deep uh, ai you know like deep uh, deep learning kind of stuff to do this and you know we come in pretty skeptical pretty hard on them we're like hey there's no there's no pass or fail in the sense of like we're going to we're not going to give you you can't influence our our decision we're like the ul for electricity where you test if the the, uh, the plug works, right? So I don't we,
0: understand that, James. I mean, they said deep learning and AI. Is that not simply enough?
1: Right. So yeah, for investments, yes. Yeah, but uh, for actually making sure you you know you're secure is another thing. Uh, they surprisingly, obviously, did really great, and we actually put the transparent everything we did and how we did it on the on the site, and they can use it how they want, like towards their clients or on their site or whatever, like this. Um, but it allows it because like I think the biggest problem right now is, is that a lot of security companies are making secure pro- security products. But they have blind spots, too, because they're engineering and they've got to focus on just the myopic view of that. I mean, I could write a product right now and still, I'd still need someone to say, is this actually secure? Right? And I think it through because I love the saying, what's the easiest thing to do to a thief? Steal from them. What's the you know, worst thing to do to a thief? <laughs> Steal from them, right? So, like, in that sense, we're like kind of the security for the security products out there. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's really great. Do you, are, are you finding that that body of work is growing for, for you all and that there's more interest in that kind of third-party validation of the validator?
1: Yes, actually, um, we got a couple other folks that are like already lined up for this. Um, and then another one for us also is um, venture uh, you know, portfolios. When they buy something, they need to know it's secure too. So if they're a security portfolio and then they buy another security company, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. introducing them into that environment, will it cause a risk to their, their stuff? So we are looking at like that. The, the integration of that new company, right, which I think is a very clever clever uh, uh, approach from investor perspectives as well because investors are starting to realize we can't just oh, it says AI deep learning like, that's it no, it's, there's, you know it, it will hurt their you know, economic standing and, and their investment if, if, if that doesn't occur right so but yeah, we're actually doing a new assessment for another company you know which will not be named at this time, but like uh, they're seeking government uh, you know mm-hmm. clients and, and so they're, they have a certain standard they have to meet. Uh, and so that's where we come in and, and give them a full transparency report, which they can include to giving, like, uh, major, you know, three-letter agencies out there. So, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: It's interesting to hear you talk about, um, you know, kind of doing that for that uh, M&A work, mergers and acquisitions work, right? So <laughs> you're an acquiring company. You get this organization. They said they were safe. They had an audit report that they were safe. And all of a sudden, you roll them into the company. You connect them up with everything yeah. as you and do. And then they've always, got a breach yeah. in their support staff, which yeah. was a recent well, relatively recent one. Right. We merge these companies, the support staff, this third-party thing that we didn't even know was loosely a, vesti- a vestige that was connected. And now all of a yep. sudden, it's rolled back up, and the acquiring company has to hold the bag on the breach for the bad security posture of who they just bought.
1: Dead on will. It's like it's it's uh, yeah it's, it's it's a good market to be in and I'm glad that they're thinking about that I've been having some great conversations with some uh, investor companies because uh, I'm also you know it's me personally I'm on some boards you know and and things like that just as my own personal investment of security and wanting to influence the the space but uh, uh, you know for me I you know I don't I pick you know, personally pick vendors wisely, but I'm glad that, like, you know, people are throwing the millions of dollars around. You know, they, they have to start thinking about that, too. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, that third-party risk is not going to get any less, right? And then you had supply chain attacks and some of those other things into it. And it's, yeah. it's hard to have quality visibility these days. It, to, yeah. to be fair yeah. to cybersecurity practitioners, right? I mean, it's, it's easy for folks like you and I, as, as an example, to sit and postulate on some of these things and point fingers, but yeah, it's a really hard job at the end of the day.
1: When I write code myself, I can't trust that it's going to be secure code. Like, I mean, we're human beings, right? And uh, and that's that's the that's the big challenge, right? Is that I'm working on um, some, some cool stuff in the think tank, and you know, cause like as a CEO, when I have some spare time, I'm, of course, you know, being a hacker and coding stuff and playing around. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a buffer or it doesn't have some kind of like problem with it or things like that, <laughs> that I haven't, you know, it's not that I haven't thought about it, but I'm I'm, I'm myopic. I'm focused on building out this prototype or building out this idea. Um, and that's where you need kind of like that buffer behind you to kind of like double check. I mean, everybody needs that, even if you're in security. Uh, and I think it's actually even better and smarter that people are doing that. I love that security companies are actually coming in and saying, you know, that you you do with the cryptocurrency too, right? Because like everybody mm-hmm. thinks, you know, what is that? I think it was like over hundred and, like I think it was like. I read an article and there was like, uh, you know, just on average, like you know, we see crypto wallet thefts and company breaches and that. It's like fifty million here and sixty million here, and it's getting up there. It's getting up there pretty bad. Um, And the the, the challenges is like, and I kind of joke, I said, just because it says crypto on the cereal box does not make it like perfect or secure, right? You know, there's there people are breaking into those new things like the branches or whatever, those fork branches and stuff, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and uh, all of that stuff matters. And um, we had like a few years ago, we had a good company that's like an open source. Um, cryptocurrency company, they came and we spent like a two year project with them because even at their design level, there's a lot of theory, but you know, how, how does it actually work when it actually gets implemented a little bit, you know, and, and, uh, and you'd be surprised because you're like, and sometimes it was sad because you'd have to go back to the drawing board a bit, right? You're like, okay, that theoretically works, but you know, it doesn't always work in practice, you know? So, you know.
0: Yep. No, absolutely. I wonder, Um. so, being here at the conference and on the floor, and it has been really exciting to see all the traffic back here in person. We recently came back from RSA, and RSA was a good show as well. But just you know, Black Hat, I think, has margins more people. Maybe a little unfair for RSA because it's a lot more spread out, right? Yeah. But what do you think, you know, coming to an event like this for somebody like you, you there's a, obviously a lot of marketing motion and a lot of dollars spent on booths around. What do you think is an industry that we're doing right as it shows up here for you at Black Hat?
1: Hmm. Okay, just as I'm pausing doesn't mean that I think a lot of people are doing it wrong. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I just want to think on this question because it's a very good question. Um, so I think that um, efficiency management, I think we're starting to realize that every tool that comes out, per X tool comes Y costs and human cost factors to using tools, and which we then jump into the problem of... Um, Okay, I want to hire all these like security people, but then I'm adding more requir- requirements for them to be qualified in the first place. Um, and I think, you'd, look, I've been in this game for 25 years, and I'm telling you, I I get overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge that is coming out of the, the bat. Mm-hmm. So I do think, um, but we're finding what I, I I'm going to say a more of a broad answer to this. I don't think there's a specific area. I think that training I've seen. Okay. Let's talk DIA, D- diversity, inclusive, and equity, and yeah, all that yeah. stuff, right? Right? For years on end, and I, I'm not saying, it, it's, it's again, a systemic issue. It's not saying anybody's done anything on purpose or wrong, but what I'm saying is, is that the training schools out there coming out, so I, you guys too, I mean, like I think are awesome. And I've noticed, like now I have resources, so if I, 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 do a, I run an elementary school inside of our company and I say yes to everybody. And I'm talking, I've had our waiter from a dinner that I met that <laughs> wanted to change his career or my Uber driver, okay, and I literally say, "Well, I train, but it's I borrow from, you know, companies like you guys. Send them there. You know, there's documents here, and you get like this. And I push the self-initiative starter. Yeah. And the thing that I love about the industry right now is, is that it's not like you, the um, the barrier to entry. It, it looks overwhelming when you walk into this place." But there is almost something for everybody to get started at. And I think that that we're doing really well. Is like we are thinking about how do we get people in here? Mm-hmm. How do we get them uh, that click? You know, how do we train them on code? How do we do this and that? So that if they needed to do a quick change in their career, yeah. right? You know, you've got the great re-exignation going on. You've got DIE programs everybody's trying to be, you know, more aware of. Um, and uh, training, I think, is the great equilibrium to remove the glass ceiling, uh, lots of free stuff out there, right? I think you guys have a bunch of free um, you know, online stuff too where yeah, you can just, absolutely. like, I can just send people over and say, start studying this stuff and then I'll tell you what to do next and then I'll test you on it, right, you know? And it scales me as a person, so there's a personal interest here. Um, so I think training is actually, and I'm not saying it's good you guys, but it just, it did make <laughs> me think about what I've been massively involved in is I've been, my in my free time, I try to, like, go out of my way to really help some people that are, you know, have been kind of stuck in their careers or don't like what they're doing with yeah. their life uh, try this out, and I've been using resources like you guys and many others to to, to it, and it's working. And and I'm everybody has a click at some point because what what it used to be in the hacker community is almost this lie that we had to be brilliant, hacker edgy people and stuff. <laughs> no, it's a field. It's a field. It requires focus, persistence, training, learning, you know, creativity, all this stuff. And some fields people are just not going to like or make you know before, and that's fine too. But as it goes, if they're really you know persistent and want to 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 make it work, mm-hmm. they're gonna make it work. And Python, like languages like that make the bar a lot lower. You don't have to worry Absolutely. about Malloc and, yeah. and C templates Java. and all the crazy <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> so objects and all this stuff, and then the, the forever string classes, right? It, <laughs> it it but it makes it makes it a lot easier for people to step in. And once they get Python, they understand the concept of languages, yeah. and then they can go into other languages, Ruby or JavaScript or you know, whatever they decide to go around to do. Um, and then they don't get. And, and what I love about it is that code, from a mental perspective, it does. It doesn't care what you look like. It doesn't like. It, it will say, "Did you do it wrong, or right?" And when you figure it out, you're the one who gets the high from that. You feel accomplished, and that gets the imposter syndrome to start like decreasing. And you're like, "Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do this." And all you know, all I do is like kind of just coach and push, and then give them resources. And so I think that. One of the things that I think is really good is that as, you, as I see all these vendors, there's obviously very cool stuff here, very cool stuff in, in so many areas, right? But the, the crux will be training so that people do not come in overwhelmed. You know, I mean, so, so, that's, so I do think that's actually one of the things that is definitely happening more often and more correctly. And with the Internet, you don't really have a accidental discrimination in, at all. You just sign up and go, you know, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So I, something that we think and think and talk about a lot here at Cyber right now is the, the the capacity, capability and confidence problems that the industry has right now. And I think part of what you were talking about, about casting that net wide to the Uber driver or to you know whoever that is that's interested trying to find them a path. I think for for a very long time we fished from the same pond. Yeah. The the capacity was just small. I didn't know where to
1: start with people back in the day. When they wanted to get I I have to look how did I get into this. But now there's resources. And that helps me get them helping them, you know. Help me, help you, you know. <laughs> like yeah. Well, does... and this old
0: crusty folks too. It's like, well, yeah. how did how did I get in? Well, then th- then we get really prescriptive, right? Yeah. Well, you need to be in an IT role for five years, and thou shalt do it yeah. the way that I did yeah, it, or yeah, thou yeah. shalt not do it at all. And right. that that's not I, it is yeah. funny, not funny to me that yeah. cybersecurity as a, a, a field is a field of disciplines, right? So we, it's such a diverse yes. body of work.
1: Yeah. When people, say, like, I want to get into cybersecurity. Which part? Yeah, no, I think,
0: yeah. Uh, having been a mentor on our platform for a really long time, that's yeah. a, the perpetual first question. I and mean, then they don't, you're right, like, they, they don't even have an idea. They think cybersecurity and they have a very narrow focus mm-hmm. on what that could be. But for such a diverse career field to be struggling in so many ways with attracting a diverse group of people is almost a funny problem for us to have. Yeah. But I wonder if it's just definitionally, that we have a definitional problem, right? So it's, yeah. a, it's a perception. People think cybersecurity is that that guy on the... <laughs> That, that guy with a hoodie and his gloves on, always you in know, a dark room. Or think, as
1: Trump said, the fat guy in the basement, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely, that, right? right? Yeah, with it, the pimples, yeah, like you know Cartman when he was playing World uh, <laughs> Warcraft, right? You
0: know, right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Hot <laughs> pockets, but, but there, there are. It's it's encouraging to me that the the sheer breadth of things. Like one of the members of our our, our C-TIC team, uh, Dave Maynard's really good friend, Ryan English, comes mm. from a service background and has an expert in physical security and and testing that particular space and a lot of people wouldn't even think about that right like yeah. the, how the physical security plays into the digital security and the cyber security aspects of yeah. all of this just as one right so then you yeah. add you add grc you add compliance to your talk about the, the legal side of this heaven knows we need more help on the legal and the policy side yeah for there's us not very many cyber lawyers sense.
1: right like i we hired the one big famous one and he's been, a, mainly because he's been a friend of mine for like 25 years. He's been my pocket friend, lawyer friend. You know? <laughs> I got, I got, some, I, I'm trying to do this. What should I do? You James know? gives a call and he's like, and James. He, and, he's, and he's great because he, he's so helpful. Even if he's not charging, he's he's actually the one lawyer I'm like, you should charge more. You know, <laughs> like, because you know, like, he's so friendly and he's very community. Well, make you know, he's sure, he's sure that he doesn't
0: this hear community. this episode. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah.
1: right. No, he, I tell him to draw his face and I'm like, <laughs> I don't tell anybody any of these things their face. I wouldn't tell him, you know, like, you know, I'm like, hey. Charge more. Yeah. So listen to this. No, um, no, but seriously, yeah, you're right. Like, and uh, I actually got to meet some other lawyers that are like finally kind of like, more dedicated in their lay a little more technical and this and that. I, it, it's funny because it actually, when we kind of rabbit hole down lawyers, I think about like patent attorneys where they all had electrical engineers or computer science degrees on their first degree, and then they went to be it. Yes. And they got it. So it's the same kind of thing. I feel like, you know, that hopefully we'll get more of that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's tough, but I think it's getting less. It seems
0: daunting. But
1: at least now there is a, a tunnel that will get you to a place to start, and I, I really like that. So something
0: else you mentioned too. I was just having a conversation today with 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 a gentleman about um, you know, again pointing on that capacity issue a little bit, right? So you mentioned that it's it's hard for you to scale yourself beyond yourself. So things having broad access to a lot of these other options to help get people into the career field is really important. And the example that he gave as we were chatting was we were asking how he was helping to, you know, how do you upskill your team? And he's like, well, you know, we do it internally. And I asked him, I was like, well, how well is that scaling for you? And he kind of chuckled and laughed and he said, well, yeah, I'm fully cognizant of the fact that I'm taking my most senior people off of the work that I need them to be doing to be Mm -hmm. helping the junior people. So now my most senior people have turned into trainers and they're not doing the work that I really critically need them to be doing. So I think it is, a really interesting, you know, problem in the space that I think we are—I agree with you—improving over time, but it's it's tough. Like, how do you how do you train up the people without pulling the people off the work that they need to be doing? So we
1: we deal with that, and and I want to say I'm going to pull from not a security experience, but I got a few years ago I, I was working at Flashpoint, and uh, I I got pulled in to be their VP of engineering, kind of like like for a year a spot. Like, hey, we're going to figure some things out. They were changing and and getting ready to expand and stuff, and like what they were doing. And a, they're a great company, so this is not a diss. But like you know, they, they had to reset their strategy, right? And so they pulled me in to try this out. And I'm like, you guys realize you're asking a security guy to figure this out? But I read a bunch of books, mainly on like organized psychology, uh, how to like scale out like people and you know things like this. Because leadership is leadership, right? And really, it starts with the people, right? And so this is not an actual comment on uh, security, but it's not any different. It's in technology is that, I like the Scrum, you know, Agile, and yep. all these things. I, I really respect it because they, they they looked at like, you know, when they, you see Git and you see all Jira and you see all these different like tools out there and I think security, we have the security development lifecycle too, right? And there are, we are seeing more frameworks and things like this. But not it's not just technology, but it's more the, how the does the reward factor for the brain work? How does team building work? And so when I thought about that, like, um, how do we, you know, how do we like build a system that has its own feedback? So in the school that I run, we actually have it where the, is that someone else advances, they start teaching them what they learned so that they also learn how to teach so that it also shows that they processed the information. So we ended up having like a pay it forward model and they keep helping each other up. And this is within the junior world because, of course, we have videos and other things that we've recorded to like, if I go yeah, with yeah. this so in my spare time, I'll do the video and train them on a cool thing like MITM pro- proxy or like how to do art poisoning or you know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And uh, but like Hack in the Box, Try Hack Me, also those systems, Code Wars, they all like kind of like automate some of the scale. You guys like do the same, right? So, like, um, and so there is ways to scale it, but some of it is not tech. It's organized psychology, right? It's it's stepping back. Like for instance, I have a system within in place, and part of it, we also accept mental health, right? We think about the that the thing. We have a neuroscientist on staff that actually understand how people deal with dopamine and reward, right? And we consult with her a lot to like say, well, how do I best affect this? So like for instance, some of our most brightest you know, have ADHD. You know, which comes with the territory sometimes, yeah, absolutely. right? Heck, our entire technology industry might create that in our brains sometimes, right? So, um so we have like commit to threes. Like, you know, you can only commit to three things a day and nothing more, right? And you learn how to not overwhelm yourself. So we have little you know things. But I borrowed it from all agile engineering and my learning lessons of how team psychology worked. And then I'm seeing more technologies thinking about that too, because you know joke from Letterkenny, but if you can be one thing, be efficient. And I think that like more people are realizing that that to stay in this market and security, you also have to add the, UI, the, the user experience and the efficiency aspect. Because we all know like Sims, you know, had version one, right? Which is eyes on glass and lots of things coming at me. And now we have prioritization and orchestration and SOAR. And like, so we're evolving, seeing these problems and going and at least putting you know, when we look around, we see a feedback loop that is going, okay, there's another company now that's thinking about that little problem, and there's so many problems to solve, and that's what's great about it, you know, so.
0: Yeah, something great you mentioned, too, I know that we, that I've encountered this a number of times as a mentor previously on Cyber before being here full-time, but that's that how often junior people don't think they have anything to offer back.
1: The imposter syndrome,
0: yeah. And I, you know, I always encourage folks that there's always somebody that knows more than you, mm-hmm. and there's always somebody that wants to be where you are. Mm-hmm. So you can absolutely offer that person that's not where you are a hand up, even if you're not where you think your ultimate in-state destination is. So I love as you're talking about, you know, kind of this virtuous cycle between those folks. You don't have to be a 25-year veteran. It's focused on this one particular thing to be able to help people break into this space. And I think it's funny, too, that in talking with people as a mentor, their initial question out of the gate is, "Well, I want to be a CISO one day, so how do I go talk to a CISO?" And I think that's important, right? I mean, right. you need to know that that really is where you want to go. So a conversation's good to have, but it's a little funny to me too because the CISO, just as an example, could be so far removed from your path to get there now because they've arrived. Yeah. So I, I'm a strong advocate for absolutely know where it is that you want to go, but. Play just above and below where you're be at fluid to good with it too, right? Yeah. yeah, because I did,
1: dude. Every time, so I, my personal system as I've gotten, you know, lived through the security life is, when people ask me how'd you get her, I'm like, I have no idea, <laughs> right? Like, I'm gonna be honest, I. I'm like, I have no idea, right? You know? And tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen either. But I'm along for the ride. And there's an aspect of adventuresomeness to this. I, and, and actually, and I know we're not on camera, but like, uh, on my left arm, I have in Japanese, it says beginner. And it's a, it's a reminder for me, and I also, like, push this concept inside of the our, our school. Uh, and that's why I like doing, like, taking a beer and having them teach and then, like, doing this thing. Uh, in, in martial arts or in, like, even in some practices of Buddhism and stuff in Japan, it's called Shoshin, the beginner's mind. And, and, and there was a Zen master uh, that was brought Zen to the West, and he was saying, in the expert's mind, it's always full. In the beginner's mind, there's always something to learn. So even if you did something a thousand times sweeping the floor, this and that. You act like it's like you're a child and it's the first time you've done it and you always will find some opportunities to learn something. Same with teaching. So when you do that, what we were just talking about, and you bring it back, you know, and then for people with imposter syndrome, another thing is that's caused by comparing yourself to others. Mm. So when you put people like, what I love about engineering, when you train people in engineering and Python, and you you start with them just learning like individually how to write code. Then you say, okay, we're going to get into teams. And I teach them, do not rabbit hole for more than two hours. Ask for help. They get out of that imposter syndrome by learning that the, that the team actually will back you up. And that that team forward thing will push you forward, push you forward. Because I said, you got to assume in our training here, I'm simulating that I'm paying you guys. Right? So you're costing me money if you sit there for two days rabbit-holing it. <laughs> and I said, that's how anybody else out there is going to look at it. And so I try to remember, give them the context of where they're in. Not It's just not about code. It's about... The, you have to write code for other people like in the sense of thinking about them and you have to be in a business environment which is new to most of an uber driver so i also have to train them on communication miscoms you're not going to get fired for this it's a miscom you just then over communicate next time or you know and so there's like also soft what people might call soft skills i actually think they're the bigger skills that you have to learn time management how do you actually manage this because software engineers are told to like figure out their own schedules that's a big, that's absolutely. thing. But what it does do is once they learn that, their confidence boosts, right? They, they, they feel independent. They could, you know, go to an, somewhere. They could run their own company. They could do, you know, they have options, you know?
0: Yeah, so, so. as you're talking about Scrum, so that, that resonates with me. So the content development house here at CyberArea, we absolutely are a Scrum team in yeah. the way that we operate. And hearing you talk about all that makes me think about, you know, some Scrum things. We won't delve too far down that path. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. really <laughs> having a team that is empowered, I think there's a lot for yeah. us all to learn from from some of the lessons that the, the software development world has been going on. Yep. Uh, you know, I forward. want to write a
1: book on that and how we can apply it in other areas. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. I think
0: it's absolutely great. I I, I really like your call out about imposter syndrome and how, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, as a security team, I strongly believe that we win or fail as a group. Mm-hmm. And it's not simply enough to go, well, they didn't do their job, so X, Y, Z happened. Right. And if you're leaning strong on imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. you're likely to get stuck in that trap, right? Yep. And then we may all lose, but if we... Own the collective benefit of and being a part of it. All and all figuring it out. Yep. And we stop and go, you know what, I saw this thing, I don't know what to do with it, and we can figure it out as a group. Yep. Then we all win together as well. So I, I don't, you know, I wonder.
1: It's a reprogramming of the mind a little bit, but what's great about engineering and teaching code and teamwork and, and stuff is that it kind of, when you do it right and you have a right, the right mentor in place or the right leader to do this, um, you create everybody to be leaders, which means they're not afraid to be vulnerable about asking questions. I remember back at Flashpoint, one of my uh, guys who worked uh, my director uh, at, of security at the time, and I was acting CISO. He's like, you know what I love about you? guys is I get feedback from my folks. He goes, I love that you're not afraid to go, I don't know what that means, in front of an entire <laughs> crowd of people. And I'm like, well, I don't, right? You know, so like, I'm like, what is it going to help me if I try to act like, you know, I cover that up in my ego and like, you know, we're a team. Like, so the ego has to kind of, drop a bit, you know, um, and I have to be okay with, you know, and I've actually learned as a CEO, if I'm actually okay to say that, or if I'm a VP of engineering and I'm the leader, they become okay to say that. So it sets an example that we don't have to all live that way. Because if your your boss is not afraid of his things, he doesn't know, then that's okay. Because I'm, what did Steve Jobs say years ago? We hire smart people to tell us what to do. We don't hire them to tell them what to do, right? A hundred
0: percent. I think it's a really interesting self-defeating cycle there, right? Like a, for, for somebody to profess to be an expert in something that they're really not, it, from a security perspective, we should be keenly aware of the fact that what that actually does is that increases our risk. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't believe in the word expert. I think it should be a word we should probably remove out of our vocabulary.
0: It, I mean, the word really comes
1: from the word experience, not uh, that we know everything. It just means that if I, for instance, I have been in InfoSec for 25 years and the asset people will probably use that term about me in some areas. But to me, I'm a beginner, I wake up a beginner, I'm gonna learn something new today. That's what's great about hacking, and like what DEF CON's original days were for, and Black Hat and all that stuff, is you got into a group with your friends, and people you get excited to see once a year, and go, guess what I was working on, I gotta share it with you, and like, it's not ego, it's like excitement. And it's the same thing, and we're all beginners, and then I like, like, I was on a plane, and on the way here, and the guy's, of course, going to Def Con, and he's like, does satellite hacking. I learned so much. Just sit and <laughs> listen to him. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I better, I'm gonna play around and look at this. You know what I mean? And and like, they, there's so many diverse areas that we're in now that there's they, you can't know everything anyway. Yeah, so no, absolutely, and it's better to be like, oh my gosh, I can learn something today. You know, and it, and I think you're, you're just your self-esteem, your confidence, your. You know, when you get past that imposter syndrome, like stop comparing yourself to others. You know, your team, there are going to be strengths and weaknesses and all of it. The idea is that you cover each other's sixes and, you know, and and that's what it's all about, you know, so, you know.
0: No, that's really great. James, I really appreciate you coming on. I want to be mindful of your time. I'm sure you've got other amazing things to go off and others to talk to (laughs) here at the conference today. But I appreciate you chatting with me a little bit about this and kind of organically taking this conversation where it went. It's been really useful for me, and I'm certain it will be for our listeners as well. Well, it was awesome. Thank you so much. Take care and have a good show. All right, you too. Bye-bye.